to have fun here. I hope you do too. If not, you're in trouble. Um, this morning, as you can tell, it's a little bit different. Um, worship was a little bit shorter than normal. Um, and the reason we're doing that is because at the end of the service is where the worship is going to be. This morning, I'm going to be speaking about worship. And then after the service, we're going to have a worship experience, if you will. So I ask you to please stay after the message. Please don't get up and leave. I know that's the norm. But if you do that, we will have practiced for a long time to play to some empty seats, which would not be fun. So that's the order of what's happening this morning. I know it was a little bit different. Um, but welcome to everyone. New people. I see some new faces. That's awesome. Uh, I, hope, I hope this church is your style, and I hope you come back. I hope you like it. Um, but today, like I said, I'm going to be talking about worship and the beautiful exchange of worship. And now you're all staring at me. Where's my crickets cue? The beautiful exchange of worship. What does that mean? What is the beautiful exchange of worship? Well, I'm going to get to it. I'm going to tell you about it. But before we get to that, we're going to kind of go through a, a basics of worship. And if you stick with me through this thing, I think at the end, a beautiful exchange is going to make sense. If you stick with me through what we're about to go through here with this message, I think the phrase, a beautiful exchange, is going to make sense at the end. At least I really hope it does. Um, so we're going to get started this morning with kind of a worship 101, the basics, you know. And I think, I think kind of the church in America has turned worship into something that it, it's not really supposed to be. I think we've taken worship and turned it into a show. And I think we've turned it into something that we expect to show up on Sunday morning and be pleased and be satisfied with the show that we're here to see. Whether that be in this small church here or whether that be at a 15,000 member church somewhere else. I think we've turned it into something that's about us. That we've taken it and we've made it about us. We've made worship where we come in and we receive. But God doesn't get anything back from us. So, and you know, I'm okay with, with the lights. We have lights, you know, and, and I, want, I would love to have fancier lights and moving lights and smoke. I love all that stuff. I don't have anything against that. I love going to a good concert and enjoy good music, loud music. I love it. I don't have anything against that, but I think we need to set our focus and set our sights on what worship is really all about. I, as your worship leader, try to stay on the cutting edge of songs and music. I try to keep it fresh. We try to keep it relevant. We work really hard as a worship team to keep it fresh and relevant. And I think that's important in our culture because when people that don't know about this grace that we've received, this awesome gospel that we have to share, when they come in, if they're not comfortable here, then they're going to leave. So I think there's nothing wrong with the lights. There's nothing wrong with the smoke. There's nothing wrong with the loud music. I think it's fine. I think it's great. But I think with all of that, we can walk a parallel. And we can enjoy those things, but use those things to bring glory to God. So let's go ahead and get started with the 101. Why do we worship? Why? What's the point of worship? The point of worship is to glorify God. It's that simple. I think sometimes, especially worship leaders in, in this style of church, we'd like to try to make it something bigger and greater. And it's, uh, it's, uh, 
but it's really the basis of it is to glorify God. If you would turn with me to 1 Peter 2, verse 9. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. It says, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. Look at your neighbor say, I'm a chosen person. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm a priest. Whether we like it or not, guys, when we become Christ's followers, when we walk into this relationship with him, we become ambassadors for him. We become priests for him. We become chosen for his duty and his call on our life. So you have to know that you are going to glorify God through your worship. We, as his priests and ambassadors, are made to worship. Our function is worship. We were created to worship God. We were created to bring glory and renown to his name. There is no greater call. There is no higher thing that we could do than to simply worship our Savior. And we worship to give back to God. We worship for his glory. See, worship, like I said at the beginning, isn't all about receiving from him. We've turned it into receiving. That we walk in on Sunday morning and we say, man, I've had such a rough week. I didn't get to sleep. The kids were awful. It's just, this is tough, man. School just started. This, this is rough. And we walk in, man, I, I, get, to go, I get to go to church this morning and just receive. I get to just lay back and God can... There is that element to worship. But guys, first and foremost, before that is us ministering to Him. It's us bringing glory to His name. It's us blessing Him through our praises that come off of our lips. See, are we always just asking for things from God? Are we always just saying, God, what, what can you do for me? What can you do for me? What can you do for me? We're in a relationship with him. I'm going to ask Brother Dwayne to come up here real quick. Brother Dwayne and I have a relationship. I consider him a friend and a brother. I consider him a good friend. And I know I, know I could say, you know, Mr. Dwayne, I, I, gotta, I, need some, I need some gas in my car. It's kind of short this month. Could, could I have $20? Could, thank you. Thank you. That really makes a difference. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Well, you know, you know, I'm just, I'm just like 50 bucks short on rent. Could you, could you help me? I just got a rent check from somebody, but you can have it. I can have it. I can have it. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Thank you. You know, I... My, my car is low again, and I, I've spent my money on video games. Could you maybe? <laughs> Thank you. It's Thank you. It's open-ended. Okay. You know, since you gave me this, I, I'm just going to go ahead and pay for everything I have with this, right? Yeah, that's fine. I, I can expect yeah. that of you, correct? Yeah, not a problem. 
I can expect of you to walk in and be in a relationship with you and ask and ask and ask and ask. But then, but I don't, I'll take it. I'll take it. Seven series, I like it. And ask and ask and ask and take. But I don't have time for you. You, you need me to help you with something? No, I'm, I'm too busy. I'm sorry. I, I got to go. I got to do something else. I got to do something else. I'm too busy. And how many of us do that in our relationship with Christ? Thank you, Mr. Dwayne. How many of us come to God and say, God, you know, I, I'm, I'm, it's tight this month. I really need you to provide. I really need you to, to take care of me. God, you know, I'm short. I really, I really need you to, to take care of me this month. And then it gets to the point where, you know, God, he loves us more than anything. His grace is for us. He, he wants us to prosper and succeed. But then it gets to the point where we expect it. And if we don't get it, we get mad about it. If it's not there right when we need it, how we want it, we get upset about it. And we think, well, God, you helped me last time. Where are you this time? Without ever considering the relationship and the fact that we have to give back to him just as much as he gives to us. And that's worship, guys. We worship to give back to God. We come in here on Sunday morning to prepare our hearts to receive the word of God. So, what is worship? What is worship? It's a connection. It's a connection to Him. But not only is it just a connection on Sunday morning when you come in, not only is it a connection on Wednesday night or when you're in your car and you have Hillsong blaring in your car and you speed too fast and you get pulled over and then the cop gives you a ticket and you, ah, I was worshiping, so the ticket's okay, right? That's not the only connection. It's a 24-7, never-ending, always-open, open-ended connection with our Savior. Worship never stops. Worship never ends. It keeps going and going and building and building. That song that we sang that we ended with, it's called So Are You to Me. And it's by a musician named Peter Bradley Adams. Very, very talented musician talented man I can't judge someone but from what I know of him he's not a Christian that song was not on a Hillsong CD that song was not on the latest Elevation CD or I didn't hear it on K-Love I heard that song while I was washing my car one day I had Spotify, and I saw Peter Bradley Adams, and this was years ago, but I saw Peter Bradley Adams, and I said, who's that? Let me listen to that guy. Might have been Pandora, but streaming music. I said, let me listen to that guy. I was listening to the CD, listening through, really liked it. Then it got to that song, and I'm in my driveway, washing my truck, Saturday afternoon, 
And I began to weep listening to that song. I had to stop. I had to stop what I was doing and sit down and think about what I was listening to. As the music at the banquet and as the wine before the meal and as the firelight in the night, so are you to me. So are you to me. See, we have to be okay with allowing God to let his spirit move through us, even if we might not think, well, God, that's not really the way you're supposed to do that. Guys, he can do whatever he wants, whenever he wants to. And he can move through us and move in our spirit whenever he feels like it, with whatever means he wants to. I used to work for my father-in-law. And another guy that works there, it was when the Holy Bible series was on, or the Bible, whatever it was called, on history, the TV thing. And I, the angels are calling. And I watched that, and when I watched it, I thought, man, this is really cheesy. To me, I grew up in church. I know all these stories, and it was just so cheesy, and I felt like they were adding stuff or taking stuff away and taking liberties they shouldn't, and it didn't make sense to me. And I was walking in the back of the shop with him one day, and he walks up to me and says, man, man, have you seen that Bible series yet? I said, yeah. And it was the Holy Spirit that made me stop it, yeah. And he goes, it's so good. I never, I never would have thought about that. I never would have seen that. That never would have made sense to me reading it. And God told me, he said, don't tell me what I can use. That'll put you on your toes real quick. It's a connection to God. You've got to be willing to let him have his way through whatever means he wishes. And see, you can worship through admiration. You can worship through admiring his works and what he's done, his creation. We just got back from the beach and I would sit and look at the gulf, the expanse of the water and think he created that. Never ending tides, continually flowing. They never stop, night and day. He created that. I remember one day getting home and I was checking the mail, something I do every day. Every single day and and I get out and I got out of my car and I looked up and I noticed some pine trees. Okay. But they were this beautiful hunter green. Just majestic hunter green set on a bluebird sky. Beautiful blue sky. Now I want you to think about blue and hunter green. These aren't colors that you would wear together. But when you look at it and his creation of it, it was marvelous. It was majestic. And that's worship, guys. You can worship through a meal with family. You can worship through time spent with friends. You can worship sitting down and enjoying life with those around you. That's worship. 
That's worship. It's not just coming in here on Sunday morning and singing songs and then listening to a message and going home. Worship is continual. Worship never stops. But see, worship, worship is also spiritual warfare. Week before last, we ended a series called War Stories. Guys, Satan is out to kill, steal, and destroy you. That is no joke. That is nothing to take lightly. That isn't just something we read that a pastor says that sounds neat. He is out to kill, steal, and destroy you. And he wants you gone, and he wants you down, and he wants you depressed. But see, through worship, through worship, we can build up our faith. We can build up our faith man and our spirit man. So when the devil comes at us, when he comes at us and wants to take us down, oh, no, 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 no. No, we can start singing, we can start praising, we can start loving on Him because He is our God and He is our Savior. We can build our faith through worship. Worship is spiritual warfare, but you got to be willing to fight. you got to be willing to say, Satan, no, you can't have what you want in my life. You can't take my family from me. You can't take my life from me. You can't tear me down. I will fight, I will fight, I will fight. Will you fight? Would you fight? Would you fight this morning for your spirit life, for your soul? Would you stand up and say, devil, no, you can't have it. You can't have it. And you can do that through worship, guys. You can do that through worship. Turn with me, if you would, to Nehemiah chapter 9. Nehemiah chapter 9, verses 1. And I'm not going to tell you how much we're reading. I'm going to surprise you. Nehemiah chapter 9. On the 24th day of the same month, the Israelites gathered together fasting and wearing sackcloth and putting dust on their heads. That's commitment, guys. Those of Israelite descent had separated themselves from all foreigners. They stood in their places and confessed their sin and the sins of their ancestors. They stood where they were and read from the book of the law of the Lord and their God for a quarter of the day. I didn't tell you how much I'm reading because I'm going to stand here and read from the Bible for a quarter of the day. No, I'm not. I want to watch the saints. And spent another quarter in confession and in worshiping the Lord their God. Standing on the stairs of the Levites were Jeshua, Bani, Cadmiel, Shebaniah, Buni, Sherebiah, Bani, and Kanani. I got it. They cried out with loud voices to the Lord their God. And the Levites, I'm not going for it again, said, Stand up and praise the Lord your God who is from everlasting to everlasting. Blessed be your glorious name. Look at your neighbor and say, Blessed be your glorious name. Blessed be your glorious name. Blessed be your glorious name. And may it be exalted above all blessing and praise. You alone are the Lord. You made the heavens, even the highest heavens, and all their starry hosts, the earth and all that is on it, the seas and all that is in them. You give life to everything, and the multitudes of heaven worship you when you read the Bible you got to read the Bible like it means something to you you can't read that like it's a textbook and you're just trying to get information 
you got to read the Bible like it's alive and active in your life. Stand up and praise the Lord. See, stand up and praise the Lord. We're going to read another scripture back to back. Turn with me to Exodus 17, 8 through 12. We're going to read Exodus 17, 8 through 12. The Amalekites came and attacked the Israelites at Rephidim. Moses said to Joshua, choose some of our men and go out to fight the Amalekites. Tomorrow I will stand on top of the hill with the staff of God in my hands. So Joshua fought the Amalekites as Moses had ordered. And Moses, Aaron, and Hur went to the top of the hill. As long as Moses held up his hands, the Israelites were winning. But when he lowered his hands, the Amalekites were winning. When Moses' hands grew tired, they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it. Aaron and Hur held his hands up, one on one side and one on the other, so that his hands remained steady till sunset. See, you might walk into a worship service like this. Some of you might be really familiar with it, and some of, it might, some of you might be your first time. And you see somebody raising their hands, and you think, that is weird. What are they doing? Be careful what conference you go to, because I've seen people jumping and dancing and twirling and painting and Oh, they they get into some stuff. But you might walk in and see somebody raising their hands and think, what is that? Guys, when you do that, when you surrender, that is a posture of warfare. That is a posture of warfare. That is you saying, God, I surrender. I give it to you. I give to you, God. And Lord, come and have your way. Come and have your way. I bring it before you. I bring it before you. Lord, have your way in my life this morning. It's a posture of warfare. Anytime you've ever seen a war movie, anytime you've ever watched a good war movie, how do they go to war? Do they go to war like this? No, they go to war raging. They go to war ready to fight the battle. We can't come in on Sunday morning and just stand here and then leave and wonder why we didn't get a breakthrough? We have to fight for the breakthrough. We have to want the breakthrough. We have to say, God, bring it, I'll take it. Bring it, I'll take it. Bring it, I'll take it. We've got to be ready to go. Think about the movie 300. Did Gerard Butler walk up to that guy at the big abyss and go, this is Sparta? No. This is Sparta. You've got to be ready to fight. You've got to be ready to bring everything you have because the enemy is not going to give up. He's advancing. He's advancing. But guess what? Guess who you have on your side? Guess what you've got on your side? You've got Jesus Christ, the Savior, who died on the cross for your life, ready and willing to stand with you and fight and fight and fight. Worship is warfare, guys. It's warfare. Okay, that's great. That's great. So we come in and we raise our hands. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, is that it? How? What else do we do? There's got to be more to worship. Can't just be coming in and raising our hands. How do we worship, guys? How do we worship? You've got to worship with expectancy of His glory. 
You have got to worship. You have got to walk through those doors on Sunday morning or walk into your room in your house where you worship him with expectancy of his glory. You've got to be ready and willing for him to do whatever he wants in his life in this time right here in your life. Expectancy of his glory. Because see, that expectancy builds your faith. Because you might come in here and nothing happens. You minister to him. You give it everything you got. You say, God, I'm here for you and only you. I worship you. I love you. It's all about you. And nothing happens. Are you willing to worship through the quiet times? Are you willing to worship through the dry spells? Are you willing to praise him when it feels like he's not there? When in your life, you look around and say, God, I don't see you, and I don't feel you, and I really feel like I'm at the bottom of this thing here. Will you stand in worship? Because that expectancy builds your faith, guys. You've got to worship with humility. With humility. God is not going to honor a proud spirit that comes in to worship him. God is not going to honor someone that comes in and thinks they know better than him. See, guys, you might not like when I say this too much. Worship is ministering to God, but he doesn't need our praise. He is almighty. He is wonderful. He is the king of glory. He's got being God figured out quite well. He doesn't need our praise. And he doesn't need our approval either. He doesn't need us to say, God, I approve of what you just did in my life. Or, God, I don't. We've got to be willing to worship through those times. To worship through the times when we don't agree with what's happening. We've got to be willing to worship in humility in whatever way he may choose to show his glory. Whether that's washing your car and listening to a song that might not be a worship song. Whether that's getting out of the car and seeing beautiful trees set on a beautiful sky and thinking how majestic and how beautiful. We've got to be willing to worship in whatever way he chooses whether that's in a church worship experience like this or outside of these doors. You've got to be ready to worship with everything inside of you, 100% of you, and an unoffended attitude. Well, he just told me I shouldn't be offended. I should have an unoffended attitude. Now, I'm offended because he told me I should be unoffended. It's easy to walk into this building, into a worship experience and say, God, you know, I don't really agree with everything that's going on with, in my life. And I don't like the way you're doing this and that. So I'm going to worship today, but I, I'm only going to bring about 35%. 
you know, I don't feel like bringing everything because I don't like the way you're doing what you're doing in my life. And I don't think any of us would ever voice that out loud. But don't look at me like I'm crazy. I know the inner workings of my heart. And I know I'm not the only one. To walk in and say, you know, I don't really like that young guy talking to me right now. Telling me all this stuff. I don't like how loud the music is. I think they play the songs for too long. I don't think they play the songs long enough. I don't like the songs they're doing. Guys, it's not about the songs we're singing. And that's tough for me to say that. This is my job. I put a lot of time and effort into picking songs, seeking God into what He wants for each and every worship experience, trying to bring His glory and His renown to these things. But I have to sit back at the end of the day and look at myself and say, it doesn't matter. It is about His glory being shown. Whether we sing an old hymn or a brand new song, whether I like it or you like it or I don't like it or you don't like it, we have to be ready and willing to say, God, it is all about you. And I come in to this worship experience this morning unoffended and I'm going to give you 100%. I'm going to come in and give it everything I have. I'm going to give it everything I have for you this morning, God. In close this morning, I just want to point out that what this all boils down to, guys, is His glory and His name and His renown being shown. It's all about Him. This isn't the Caleb show. This isn't me singing songs and you like to listen to me sing. This isn't you like to listen to Michael play guitar or you really like the way Cody plays drums. That's not what this is, guys. This is a worship experience and we're here to worship our Creator, to worship our God, to worship the King of glory. It is all about Him and it is not about us because He is worthy of all glory and all honor and all praise and all power. He is King. He is King. We can't show up on Sunday morning solely to receive from God. We can't show up on Sunday morning thinking this is all about me and I'm here to just receive. Maybe you've heard this, what I've said this morning, and you think, okay, this was cool, and you got excited, I liked it, but I, I don't even know what Christ follower means. I'm not sure about this whole Jesus thing in general. If that's you this morning, please, after the worship service that we're going to have in a few moments, please come up and speak to me, speak to someone on staff. We would love to explain to you what this great grace is that we have and this great gospel, we would love to explain it to you if that doesn't really make sense to you. But see, worship is about ministering to Him and thanking Him for everything that He's done for us. His sacrifice on the cross, His blood that was shed, 
It's about ministering to him, guys. But see, see, this is where it comes back around. Through that ministering to him, through us bringing glory to his name, renown to his name, and love for him in these worship experiences, see, that's where he, in return, ministers to us. When we give it everything we have for him, towards him, God, in return, ministers to us. Because he loves us more than anything. He loves you just like you are right now. You don't have to get better for his love to grow. You don't have to be something better for his love to be greater. His love is the same. No matter where you came from last night, walking through these doors today, his love for you then was the same it is right now. There are no works that can gain greater love. His love is the same. And through us ministering to him, he in return ministers to us. And guys, that really is a beautiful exchange.